Hello and welcome to the Creative Champs podcast. I'm your host, Kimei, and I'm here to help take you through your creative journeys with peace and ease and tranquility. And um... <laughs> good morning. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm recording this from home in my bed to be exact. So, yeah, you might hear some background noises um, and there may be some quality issues. But as long as you hear the message that I'm delivering today, um, I hope that will be enough for you guys. So um, today I want to talk about feeling like you're not really being supported and feeling like you are scared to fully take the plunge because of lack of support or because of your fears around what's to come or security blankets and all that good stuff. All right. I just want to have a word with everyone who's feeling some kind of way right now about going full throttle, about fully immersing yourself into the creative industry because you're scared. So we'll start off with feeling as though you're not really getting support because I personally know a couple of people actually who have gone on to uni to study things that they don't really want to study or that they're not really interested in because their parents have told them that pursuing a career in the creative arts is a means to an end that they're going to end up being a starving artist, which is a narrative that is dead, by the way. That has outstayed its welcome, but I'll get onto that in a second. So they've been convinced that, you know what, if you pursue a career in the creative industry, you're going to end up flat on your face. You're not going to be able to to earn an income. You're just going to be out here begging for scraps, eating noodles every day. So I would advise not even I would advise, some of these parents are telling their children, you have to study this, or I'm going to send you back to whatever country, or I'm going to send you over to whatever country, you know, and it's like, why not just allow your children to fully flesh out what makes them happy and what brings them joy, but that's another story for another time, (laughs) that's a touchy one, Because um, a lot of the people that I know who originally wanted to get into the creative industry, they're now doing things related to corporate or like office type jobs. And they're not happy. They're not happy because it's not what they want to do. And you have to really think to yourself, when you're working in these full-time jobs, right? You're dedicating about, let's say, 85% of the year to these jobs. And then you're left with 15% of the year to yourselves, right? So if you are dedicating 85% of your year to something, shouldn't it be something that brings you joy? Because otherwise you're going to spend 85% of the year miserable. And then the remaining 15%, you'll either be spending it exhausted or thinking about how much you don't like how you spend the remaining 85% of the year. Does that make sense? I think it does. But you, you don't want to, you don't want to live like that. You know, it's, it's draining. I've been, I've been there. Now, let's just go back to this whole thing about parents and, and loved ones or whatever, thinking that if you get into artistry or the creative industry or whatever, you're going to end up broke. Let's just start with the fact that the creative industry in the UK alone contributes billions to the economy. And this is something I always say. I always need to remind people of this because the power that comes from the creative industry is immense. The impact the creative industry has is immense. 
There is so much to be made in the industry. If they really want to talk about money, they really want to talk about that. There is so many ways you can generate an income for yourself. The days of the starving artist thing is dead. It's dead and it only remains alive if you breathe life into it and you feed into it and you use that as your your go-to. If you use that as your go-to or you base your decisions around that narrative, then yeah, you're going to see more of that. You're going to experience more things related to being a starving artist because you're not giving yourself the opportunity to fully explore the opportunities that are there for creators. There's so many things you can do to generate an income. Like when I was... um. When I first left, when I first left uni, I was freelancing on the side, but I was also working in a retail job. Like I ended up in a retail job immediately, right? And I thought that this is what I'm going to have to do for the rest of my days. I'm going to have to juggle. Okay, I'm not going to be able to just do creative work solely because I know that I'm not going to be able to generate that much of an income just through that. And little did I know that. <laughs> that my days were about to get so much better. At that point, I was still in the mind frame of starving artist, you know, and funnily enough, that was something that I heard continuously throughout uni, which I hope isn't the same sort of thing that's being peddled throughout uni now, today, in the present day, because this was like, when did I leave you? I left uni about 10 years ago. So I graduated 10 years ago and I left thinking that, yeah, the starving artist is alive and well. And that's what's going to become my life. So I have to focus on the passion. I have to focus on the enjoyment of it all and nothing else. And uh, For years, I felt bad even wanting to make an income out of it because I was trying to do this whole virtue signaling thing where I'm like, no, it's not about that. It's about the passion. Meanwhile, I'm struggling to pay my bills month to month. Like, I don't want to live like that. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live like that. And nobody should be made to feel bad for wanting to earn an income from doing what they love. But you know what? I'm going to save that for another podcast episode. I'll get into that on, a, on another one. Because I know personally of like what I was saying, a lot of people who don't have that, who don't have that support, moral support, because their parents are telling them, well, you know what? If you do that, I'm not going to support you. If you do that, you have to move out my house. And you've got parents who care more about having bragging rights at reunions or family gatherings than the happiness of their, their children, which is, is a controversial thing to say, but it's the truth, you know? Some some people care more about the image. Oh, you know, my son is a doctor, my daughter is a lawyer, my, you know, teacher, whatever. Nothing wrong with these professions, by the way. But if it's not what you want to do, then you shouldn't feel forced to do it. Because it's your life, essentially. And like, you know, it, morbid as it sounds, it's the truth. You've only got one of them. So wouldn't it be so much better to get older and say, oh, oh, well, that didn't turn out the way I thought it would. Or, yeah, I tried it out, realised it wasn't for me. Or then what if? Because the what ifs are torture. The what ifs oh, what if I just made the decision to do what I actually wanted to do and stop listening to other people, stop listening to what other people think I should do? If I, What would have happened if I didn't spend my time pleasing other people? Because when you're a people pleaser, you forget to please yourself because you're, so, you're too focused on, on making other people feel comfortable, yeah? 
And that is no way to live because then you're always going to be seeking your joy and you're never going to find it. You're never going to find it because you're too enamoured with making other people feel good or feel comfortable. You want to make your parents proud, you know, you want to, you want them to say, oh, I'm proud of my child. They're doing this and doing that. So then you end up taking that job that you, you don't have any interest in or you end up doing that thing for years, miserable on the inside. But you're like, you know what? This will keep the peace. No, if you live like that, you're going to end up, I'll be honest with you, it's going to be very dark and you're going to find it very difficult to drag yourself out. And I don't want that for anybody. You know, I'm no, I'm no expert. I'm no psychologist, but I do know that that can take you to some dark places. And, um, you know, I've been there myself. (laughs) I've been in those spaces where it's felt like, oh, do you know what? Like, I'm never going to be able to fully make this my thing. I'm always going to have one foot out and one foot in, which leads me into the whole security blanket or hiding behind a security blanket because you feel like, do you know what? I'm not going to get support in this, okay? And I'm not going to get support in this because it's a stupid idea anyway. Like, who do I think I am even thinking or entertaining the thought of going self-employed in this economy, like, what? Nah, they're right. They're right. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay the safe route. I'm going to stay in this job. And I'm just going to do what I want to do on the weekends. And on my three weeks paid holiday every year. That's what I'm going to do. And, you know, (laughs) listen, I was in that space for years. Okay. And I think it was the fourth year because I, I worked in the bookies, they call it over here. So I don't know what they call it in other countries. Maybe, I don't know, bookmakers or the betting shop, basically. I worked in the betting shop in William Hill, to be specific, for three three years, three and a half years. And then I moved on to Paddy Power. Like, talk about in the from the fire into the... Was it? What's the, was it? What's the saying? From the pan into the fire? From the from one bad thing to another, yeah, so I just sort of continued the crap, and um, I thought that I was doing something monumental, because I'd had a bust up with the area manager, who was a twat, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna leave, like, I'm gonna quit, so I quit, and I went straight into another bookie, bookies, so it was just sort of like more of the same rubbish, and um, I didn't end up staying there very long, I stayed in Paddy Power for about seven months, And then I was like, no, I need to change something. Because every shift I was there, I was like, I want to get out. But I'm scared to leave because I have to pay rent. Because at this time, I wasn't living, I was living in another area. So I was like, you know what? I need to pay rent. And the only way I'm going to be able to pay rent is if I turn up to this smelly job every day uh, and get paid, I get paid pittance, right? But it's pittance, but it's safe, you know, this is my security, but you know what I've come to realise, guys, job security is a myth, it doesn't exist, okay, job security does not exist, so if you're using that security blanket as a way to stop yourself from fully exploring your creative output, your self-employment ideas, your, if you're using that as a way to stop yourself, you're playing yourself. I played myself for 13 years. (laughs) Actually, no, maybe not that long, maybe about 10 years. 
10 years that stretch because I, I sort of came to this realization uh, fairly recently. But you, you'd be surprised. For example, I, um, I had a security blanket. My security blanket was working with, working in schools, right? Full time. So five days a week, I was in schools and I would tell myself, oh, this is amazing because I've got three months of the year off. But those three months that I was off, I wasn't being paid anything because it was through agency work, right? And anybody listening who works in schools through agencies, you know, Easter break, summer holidays, half terms, you ain't getting paid nothing because you're not in school, okay? So... I used to tell myself, all right, do you know what? I can just save my creative practice for the times that I'm off. And, you know, it it didn't work. It didn't work. Why? Because I was exhausted. I was exhausted. And then because I was exhausted while I was working five days a week, I hadn't generated any products. I hadn't created anything that could bring me that income. I hadn't set anything up so so that I could get that income during those times off. And I spent the time off recuperating and recovering. So it was just a vicious cycle. And then in turn, I ended up with a very limited amount of income. And I was thinking uh, at one point, because I managed to get my daily rate up to about £95 a day. And I was thinking, yeah, like I'm balling. No, I was only scratching the surface and I didn't even realise. The thing is, when I was working in these jobs... I kept telling myself, do you know what? It's better to have this stable, low, lower income. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to take away from the fact that that income might be a lot to some people. Uh, I'm not going to um, challenge that or I'm not going to um, make a mockery of that or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to um, explain. But what I am saying is that I didn't realise that I was actually limiting my income by staying in these jobs that I perceive to be secure. And I'll tell you what I mean, right? I, (laughs) so I worked for years and years and years, Monday to Friday, and then I ended up taking on a full-time job permanent, right? So I was getting a monthly wage and I pay my bills, pay, pay for my food, feed my cat or whatever. And then I was left with nothing. You know what I mean? I was left with nothing. So by the end of two weeks, I'd run out. I had maybe about a hundred quid left. And I also had to find money to travel to and from work and all that. You know how it goes. Yeah. So I was just living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And I was just like, you know, and then dealing with a toxic work environment at that. Yeah. And and, And a toxic environment whereby people were getting sacked left, right and centre. Remember I told you job security is a myth, you know. People were getting sacked over nonsense. And it was only a matter of time. I knew before they would get onto me, okay? So, you know, listen, I set the wheels in motion and I said, you know what, I don't want this for my life anymore. I'm going to take a chance on myself. And you know what? Within the first month of being self-employed, I managed to make three times as much as I would have made in a month in the job, in the security blanket job. And I thought, you know what? Look at that. Look at that. And not only that, the whole time that I was working, so 13 years of my working life, I'd been trying to save up this certain amount of money, okay? And I I was relying on the income that I was getting from these employers, 
this security blanket, okay, that I was afraid to step out of and into my own thing, I was getting paid... I was getting paid really low wages, to be honest with you. Because, and that was another thing, I didn't want to go up the ladder or move up the ladder in any job because I didn't want to be there in the first place. I knew deep down I wanted to work for myself, but I was just too scared to do it. So then, yeah, I tried to save up this amount for 13 years. And then within the first month of working for myself and taking a chance on myself, I made that amount in three weeks, two and a half weeks to be exact. I made that same amount that I'd been trying to save for 13 years. Why? Because I had more time, first of all, to take on these new opportunities that presented themselves immediately. Literally, as soon as I handed in my resignation, that same week, I started getting a flood of opportunities in my inbox. Now, tell me if that if that ain't a sign, I don't know what is. Sometimes you just got to take a chance on yourself. You know, but the fact of the matter is you could get made redundant tomorrow. You could get sacked over rubbish. You could get managed out. So I just really want to encourage anybody who's listening, who's on the fence or uncertain about taking the plunge and going for whatever it is that they want to do full time. I would urge you to just, just give yourself the chance give yourself the chance because you regret it if you don't first of all and that job security thing that you're hiding behind it doesn't exist she you might as well do what you want to do anyway because (laughs) there's no security there you know in fact i would go as far as to say there's little more security than you would find in self-employment in a full-time employed job there's not much more security there either because you're just a number In a lot of these companies, you're just a number. You're disposable. They can get rid of you whenever they feel like, you know? You could be unioned up, whatever, but facts are facts. So if they don't sack you, then they can manage you out or they can make the situation so toxic and unbearable that it starts to affect your your mental health and your physical health. So then you end up having to leave. So then you're out of a job anyway, you know? So there's just so many things to think about. So what I want to leave you with is that, you know what? So if you're receiving a lack of support, don't let that be what takes you away from uh, going for what you want to achieve or what you want to do. Don't let that be the thing because other people will have their thoughts, but they're not you, okay? They don't know what joy it brings you. And maybe they do know what joy it brings you, but they don't care because they just want you to do something that makes them feel comfortable. Screw that, okay? This is your life. All right. And even if your parents feel like whatever, this is this is what you want to do. This is what you want to do. So you've got to just learn to tune it out. It's difficult. Oh, (laughs) it's difficult, especially when you've got like um, it might not even just be parents. It could be friends. It could be people that are close to you who speak down about what you do. And but what do they know anyway? What do they know? Like I've said so many times, if you were to take away the creative arts and the industries that exist in that sector, what would we be left with? Yeah, all these um, websites and things that they need to get built so that they can sell their their um, their products or whatever, or so that businesses can exist and thrive. It, it goes hand in hand with the creative industry. Yeah, entertainment, the things that bring us joy, these, these movies we watch, Avengers, DreamWorks, whatever. Yeah, don't let don't let that stop you. Owe it to yourself to give yourself a chance. Because otherwise you'll never know. You know, you'll never know what's on the other side. 
honestly, I would urge anybody who's unsure to just take a chance on yourself. And when you give yourself the chance to do that, you'll be surprised at what you can do. You'll be surprised at how many opportunities come your way. All right, so that's what I've got time for on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will speak to you same time next week. Take care.